Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and it's the Women's College World Series, baby. We got through mayhem, and now it's time for OKC. And we'll get into all of it today, but first, reminders for ways to keep up with us throughout all of it. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube, and actually watch the episodes as well. All right, without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump into today's order. First, we'll cover our bases, share some news and updates with you as usual. Then we'll head into today's interview with Chelsea Spencer. She's a player turned coach at her alma mater, Cal, which is super special. I mean, she had a lot of success, went to the Women's College World Series four times as a player, great energy, and the most I've ever vibed with a Cal person before, which is a big deal. (laughs) So I'm excited for you to hear it. And then we'll end things with the Foul Tip of the Week, our new segment this season where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's go. Covering our bases. I know people talk about June gloom, but for college softball and baseball fans, NBA fans, etc., June is anything but gloomy. It's the beginning of the summer, and there's nothing quite like the playoffs. And postseason is really like a season within itself. It's just magical. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They have you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, guys, your online sportsbook experts. Super Regionals, we made it this far. Eight teams have punched their ticket to the Women's College World Series. It is so special to see their reactions, the celebrations. I mean, you know I love Supers. You know how I love it. What's interesting, too, is that only half of the top eight national seeds actually made it. So the number one through three seeds all made it. Not a surprise. Oklahoma, UCLA, and Alabama, respectively. And then there was number five, Oklahoma State. Those are the four that were in there. That was kind of expected, but otherwise, Georgia beat Florida, Arizona beat Arkansas, Florida State beat LSU, and JMU beat Missouri. So it all shakes out, evens out. Two SEC teams, two Pac-12 teams, two Big 12 teams, one ACC team, and one CAA team. So one non-Power 5 with JMU. So despite the fact that 12 out of 13 of the SEC teams that exist made it to the tournament, and five of the top eight seeds were also SEC, the game just knew how to even things out. And I loved, one of the broadcasters said, unseeded, unfazed. And I loved that description for both Georgia and JMU, who were not seeded at all from the beginning, fought their regionals, fought their supers, and made it to OKC. And don't forget, Georgia handed OU its first of only two losses that they've had on the entire year. So there's something special going on with that team. They did that. They struggled a little bit at the end of the regular season. And then they performed when it mattered. And that, my friends, is big time. But speaking of big time, I got to give it up for two pitchers in the circle. Virginia Tech's Keeley Rochard and JMU's Odyssey Alexander. Both pitchers were their conference pitcher of the year. 
and both took their teams to an if necessary game on the road in supers. Keeley and her catcher were calling their own pitches. This really, really is a lost art that I really hope that we revive. And it was against one of the best offenses in the country. It's, it's pretty impressive. And then Odyssey beat the number eight seed in their house after getting blown out the day before in game two. And that, that's fight. And what does that kind of fight, what does all of this tell us? The game doesn't know who's supposed to win. The bracket definitely doesn't know who's supposed to win. And this parity and distribution across the country. These eight teams are from seven different states, coast to coast. This is softball. And one of the things that I think is an important call out, I mean, having super regionals now stretch over the course of three days with that if necessary game is key. It's one of the best things that NCAA softball has done with the formatting. Because playing the if necessary game the same day as game two is an advantage to the most recent winners because they have the momentum. Take it from me. I experienced this twice. Freshman year, we played Arizona at home. Junior year, we were on the road at Alabama. And in both instances, we won the first game on day one, then lost the second game on day two, had to play game three right afterwards in a doubleheader after having lost pretty significantly in that game two. The momentum was just definitely not on our side, and we lost. So really twice in my career, we were one out away from making it to the World Series, but we ended up losing. So I think despite you know my, my clear feeling that it's still too soon, we were an example, I think, that winning the first game is just not a guarantee that you're going to advance. Despite the stats that say there's an 80% something or 90% something chance of moving on if you win that first game, look at Virginia Tech. They beat UCLA in the first game, right? And UCLA came back to win. But I just think being able to sleep on it, though, and come back that next day for that if necessary game evens the playing field. It's no excuse. No excuses in terms of why like we lost when I was playing, for example. But sometimes I do wonder what would have happened if we had that extra day. Plus, who who doesn't want more days of softball on TV? Come on. I have to say, though, what's jumped out at me on softball TV is hair. I got to talk about it. There's an entire spectrum of hairstyles now. It's like part of their personality as a player. So if I had to name, while we're doing all these sort of team awards and All-Americans and things like that, while we're in that sort of space, if I had to name a first-team all-hairstyle, I'll do it. So first, I would say the Power Pony. You guys know about this. If you've listened to any of the games that I've broadcasted before, you know how I feel about the Power Pony. It's a low ponytail, long, with multiple hair ties all in a row, a few inches apart. You know, when Morgan Howe was on the show, she called them bubbles. But I just, I think of it as a power pony. And again, it's because Crystal Bustos was the OG. She's the first one I really saw do this consistently. And then, you know who has a great one, by the way? Sydney Romero. She has an amazing power pony. And I've actually seen some good ones at OU in general. Even G. Juarez, I think, recently was wearing one. But Sis Bates, also very solid power pony. So power pony's got to be on there. Then, this is not a surprise, guys, high bun. Like, top of the head, 
almost like it's a pineapple, like the crown of the pineapple on the top of your head. And this obviously was inspired by Keely Richard. I don't know what had more movement, her pitches or her bun flopping around, but it was a vibe. And it's kind of a pitcher only move, if I'm being honest, a PO move. Because you don't need to put on a helmet and you kind of know it. So yeah, just throw the bun on the top of your head. You just don't even have to think about it, whatever. Hey, it worked pretty well for her this season. She was the ACC Pitcher of the Year. So fine. Then there's also the braid to bun situation. So it's like two braids, one on each side that come together in a low bun in the back. And the person that I always notice that has this is Gabby Plain. Rachel Garcia does sometimes too when she doesn't just have the classic bun that she's got going on. But I think it's like a nice slick way to have it out of your way, but still something, a little something, something with it. So throwing that in there, also two finalists for Collegiate Player of the Year and two of the best pitchers in the country. So future Olympians, not a bad, not a bad one to emulate. Then I have to say, without a doubt, Kelly Inoue Perez. Just Kelly, I, her hair at all times. I can't even just name one hairstyle necessarily. But she, her classic one is this like mid pony with a visor with curled hair. And it's just classic on the field. But I've also seen her off the field in interviews with the hair down and curled. And I mean, it's just always goals. Like she is softball hair. Kelly, I, if you hear this, thank you for what you've done for the softball community. With your hair, as well as everything else. Then I would say honorable mention would be hairstyles that have more than one of these combined. So some people have like the power ponies, but there are like braids weaved in. Okay, that's like next level complex. Or some people have like a, just a ponytail, but then they have multiple braids coming out of the ponytail, like Erica Piancastelli style. Okay, also extra, cool. And then there's like, the braids kind of throughout your hair, like on your head, almost wearing them like highlights, like smaller braids all spread out within your hair. I just, you know, I always kept it simple with just a low regular straightened pony or a low braid, like ponytail braid. But you know what? I respect people that hone their craft and hair braiding is definitely one of those. So I can't wait to see more of this during the World Series. It's just another fun aspect of softball that like, why not? Let's, let's enjoy it. But with the World Series, another thing that I'm looking forward to is seeing what comes after the history that was made at the Super Regionals. So many cool things. Softball was on ABC for the first time. So many sold out record-breaking crowds at some of these sites. JMU made it to the World Series for the first time in program history. All amazing things. But sometimes when you reach a goal, it's like, okay, well, how are we going to build on that now? What is, what's the answer? Is it the highest ESPN ratings ever or TV coverage on even more networks, new networks we haven't been on before? Is it selling out the widely expanded Hall of Fame stadium, which, I mean, there's so many more seats that are there now and it's going to be 100% capacity. So is it selling that out? And I don't just mean OU and Oklahoma State fans, like the locals getting there, like we're going to fill this thing. Is it little girls emulating Odyssey Alexander and JMU's coaching staff now being flooded with emails from interested recruits because of what they've been able to see? I mean, there are just different ways to measure success. 
And I'm pumped just to watch and enjoy softball this week, but also excited to see how we continue to move the needle for our sport. And what teams will need for success, it all goes back to fundamentals. For pitching, I think the key is going to be the off-speed. You have to be able to change planes. We've talked about this and hit your spots on the corners, but you also have to be able to change speeds and do it down in the zone. Throwing it hard east to west, ain't it. That's how these amazing hitters that we've seen, like Jocelyn Allo, the collegiate player of the year, anything over the plate, anything belt high, see you later. Like you got to be able to keep it down, change the speed, keep them off balance. That's going to be huge. For defense, got to keep it clean. And one big example that I've noticed this season, and in postseason specifically too, is outfield throws. Outfielders got to hit their cutoffs, have to keep their throws on line to home plate. This also might minimize some of the obstruction issues and kind of blurred lines on what the rules are, et cetera. And you got to have good hops. Cutoffs, online, good hops. Like these are all basics, but I've seen a lot of improvement that could be made in our game today so far. And mistakes always cost you, but it's going to hurt the most on this stage. I mean, that's where the whole defense wins championships thing comes in. So then on the offense, on that side of the house, small ball. I know it sounds weird because we're so used to the long ball, but we got to bunt runners over. You know, we, I know we have such capable hitters, but let's not forget that tool in our toolbox. And you know what? Some people say slapping's dying, but triple threats aren't. I'm not a huge fan of players who only slap, like that's the only thing they do as a hitter. But when it's just one part of a very multidimensional player, Natasha Watley style, you respect it. Sammy Reynolds from UW slapped for a base hit after dropping a bomb last weekend. Don't forget power slapping too. That's also a thing. There's different types of slaps. It just makes it hard to defend when you can do anything at any time. And that has to include small ball. And Mike Kendra said it too. Small ball helps win the championships. And he would know. He's won eight of them. So, But the bottom line really is that we don't have to get too fancy. It'll come. Like the long ball will come. That has been proven for all of these teams. But last week, you know, Heather Tarr talked about playing the game in its truest form. And that means fundamentals. It's not old school. It's just what helps you win. But someone who played on the stage four times and is now building her program up to get back there is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She is the epitome of a golden bear, head coach of Cal softball, All-American and national champion shortstop in Berkeley, and All-NPF pro player Chelsea Spencer. What's up, coach? How you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm good. I mean, I know we started to get to know each other in our interviews prepping for the Pac-12 Network's broadcast and stuff. I just enjoyed those conversations so much. I had to have you on, you know? Well, thank you. Uh, I, I have a bunch of energy that I can't contain at times. Uh, people say it's, a, it's a, a blessing, but nobody ever wants to be in my, in my head and my body. So um, it's a <laughs> blessing and a curse at times, but um, it is what it is. No, I love it. Honestly, it's, it like fired me up. Like I honestly, after talking to you as a Stanford alum, I was talking to my broadcast partner after we talked to you, I've never met like a Cal coach alum or even just a person associated with Cal that I liked that much, like right off the bat. (laughs) Well, you know, you can't see this, but you know, I bleed blue and gold, you know, and I do um, know that it is, uh, it's a great rivalry um, between 
you know, us in Stanford. But I feel like that we're like older sister, younger sister, where, you know, we can talk, uh, talk crap to each other. But also when it's, um, when it's game time for our people across the Bay, I, I tend to like, you know, tend to root for them at times, you know, especially with coach Al over there, you know, it's, it's good stuff. It's, it's about the Bay area and, and doing great things for our community. So I'm excited to be here. For sure. That's actually what stuck out to me a lot in talking to both you and coach Al too, like leading up to you guys playing each other is you both said kind of the same thing. Like I have so much respect for our rival on the other side of the Bay. Right. But at the end of it, you both, you were like, but they're not the blue and gold, you know? And she's like, but I hate Cal, you know, but it's like, it's just, it's, (laughs) it's kind of this like cool balance. If you know what I mean. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You know, I do, I have so much respect for her. I think she's the first one I call when I have any questions about, really anything. Um, you know what she's done in her past, you know, going from Oregon to, uh, doing great things at Minnesota. I mean, God, uh, you know, what she did up there and with, you know, the foot, like, you know, some of the, the, the revenue sports aren't, 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 aren't a Texas and aren't, you know, you know, some of these big time football and basketball programs, but you know, what she did at Minnesota and getting those recruits there, um, it was amazing. And, you know, what she's done this season um, from the, you know, from from the beginning of the season, she's had, you know, a bit of a rocky season at first. But what she's done, you know, through this Pac-12 um, slate, man, like she's rocking it. And she's one of my mentors. And I love watching what she does because, you know, she knows the rule book uh, from the front to the back. And she's pulling some calls. I mean, it's great coaching, right? When you have when you're changing a program like what she's doing. And creating new culture, it stems from the from the coaches, uh, from the top down, and um, how you can tell how positive she is with her student athletes, how patient she is, but also firm, and and also firm with you know anyone who she holds accountable. So um, I take that and I bring out my little notepad whenever I you know can my you know my my invisible notepad and I take notes and you know I just want to be as good you know as as I can be uh, every day and you know, be the best I can, um, you know, always coaching forward, uh, never backwards. And it's, uh, what she's doing over there. And, you know, what I think what the PAC 12 coaches are doing right now, it's, um, something look, to look up to excited to be here. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something I definitely wanted to ask you since this is your first season as a head coach in the PAC 12, obviously very familiar with the conference, both as a player and then as an assistant coach in the past, but this being your first year how have you and especially a weird year also like not normal how have you just kind of tried to wrap your around your arms around this whole thing you know it's it's tough it's been tough I am not gonna sugarcoat it at all but um I don't I believe that the universe doesn't give you more than uh that you, you can handle right and you take every lesson that you 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 get from life whether it be softball or within my family or you know, within the community. And, um, you know, I take every lesson and uh, I try to learn from it and, um, you know, make mistakes, um, but not make the same mistake twice, right? Um, you look at uh, Brene Brown and she talks about um, people who fail have a lot of courage and there's a high correlation there. And so, um, you know, sometimes we're not going to, um, it's not going to be all rainbows and sunny and 70, right? So uh, this year um, we, 
are not just looking in the of how we can be the best we can at the end of the year, but we have such a young team. Is that how are we going to excel? Um, not through just 2021, but you know 2022 and 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 forward. So um, staying in the present, learning from our past mistakes, and building upon our successes uh, in our past as well. Um, but yeah, it's been tough. We weren't able to play in the fall and, and make some of these mistakes. Quite frankly, in the fall, um, you know, because you know our, our administration, you know. I'm blessed with a great administration to, to say, hey, we don't feel comfortable bringing the athletes quite back quite yet. Um, you know, and it, it you know, it, with that tough decision, I mean, it was tough. Right. And so um, same thing with Stanford. You know, they kind of got, you know, some practices in. But um, from January on, you know, we, we've we've had a rocky road and it's, and it's part of our core values. Toughness, man. Toughness is part of our core values. And I can't, you know only live one of my core values of, you know, um, you know, of, you know, whatever our core values are. Right. And it, it's toughness is, is definitely one of those. And we've got to be Cal softball tough. And I'd say it all the time, Cal softball tough. And you, you, you look, you learn from what, what is Cal softball tough. And, and if Jocelyn Forrest can lose her sister in the middle of a year and come back and win a national championship, man, we can deal with COVID. Right. And so that's what, you know, we're trying to do is, is build a culture here that, is, is, is that embodies all of our core values and, um, you know, just learn, just keep learning and be the best every day we can. Is that the uh, national championship trophy that I see behind you? Oh man. Yeah. I, sometimes you got to remind yourself what you do, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I love it. I mean, we, you know, we might not be, you know, in the, in the national championship lately, but we've got many trophies up there that, that prove that, you know, how softball is, uh, is, is a threat every year. Right. And, uh, we, uh, I remind them that every, every day is no matter what we have to go through. I mean, going through COVID was tough, um, this last two weeks and, um, just stopping, we had to stop all of our, our play and not even practice for two weeks and then go see the university of Arizona. Who's like probably one of the toughest lineups out there, you know, you know, I, I know their Achilles heel is probably in the pitching circle. I was hoping to score. I mean, we left nine run, runners on in the first game. I didn't think the first score reflected what, you know, I thought we did. Um, the second game wasn't all that great. But, you know, it's one of the best hitting hitting squads out there by far. You know, they have, I don't know, it's got to be five fifth-year seniors on, in that lineup. Um, Olympians, um, you know, All-Americans, right? It's like, you know, they got the best of us. But, again, we're going to learn from that last weekend, uh, build upon it and, you know, give it to Stanford. Right. Hopefully. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's the plan. Anyway, anytime you, go plan, on, man, you know, yeah. <laughs> we don't like red, man. We, uh, you know, my assistant coach, Mitch over here, he wore some red shoes, like, um, some Crocs and the girls gave it to him, like, take off those red shoes, you know, you know, just to <laughs> even like before he put his turfs on, like he didn't wear Crocs all day, but you know, they were like, Coach Mitch, that was a red. You know, he's like, oh, my bad. My bad. That's amazing. There, it's funny you say that. Sometimes when I'm shopping for clothes and, like, I don't mind, like, generally speaking, I don't mind, like, the blue and gold, like, blue and yellow, right, like, in, in terms of clothes. So I remember I, I got, a, like, a flannel that was blue and yellow, and then later <laughs> on I was like, I don't know. Can I wear this? Like, I don't know. Like, it's funny how it sticks with you forever, you know? It does stick. I'll throw on the red, but I won't throw on the cardinal. That's true. It is a specific kind of red. 
That's true. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, I love that. But that's the thing. I also feel like when we were talking to you before, you're, you're obviously, like you said, you bleed blue and gold. That's very clear. But you also are a huge fan and cheerleader of the Pac-12 as a conference, it seems. Absolutely. Um, it's the best conference. It's the conference of champions, right? And, I mean, you look at our history of championships, um, it far outweighs any other conference in softball. Um, although, you know, there's times when we've had a slow year, okay, maybe having only three Pac-12 teams at the World Series instead of six, you know what I mean? Like, it, it you know, I, I respect the SEC and all the other conferences who have built facilities for women athletes who who needed that to entice people to, to move um, to those regions or to go to those regions because it really upped our game as Pac-12 uh, women facilities, um, softball facilities uh, to compete. And, um, you know, I respect that. And it has made us grow. And it has made us, because, you know, to get a student athlete to not want to go to the Pac-12 in, let's say, 2008, they had to do that. And um, it's it's a big shout out to the SEC to say thank you to make, you know, our stadiums and our facilities better. But at the same time, it's going to make us better, which is going to bring the talent back to the Pac-12. You know, um, there. I mean, with the degrees that we have in our conference, you know, for the woman athlete, they want it, you know, and, you know, with all of our stadiums um, getting facelifts uh, paired with um, the degrees that we can offer in our conference, um, it, it just makes, you know, it makes us compete at a national level for the talent that we deserve. Um, I truly believe that the Pac-12 is the best softball conference out there. Um, I believe in the Pac-12. Um, I think our coaches are the best coaches out there as well. Um, they're the nittiest, the nitty gritty, um, competitive. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody out there more competitive than Heather Tarr, uh, Kelly, I coach Al, me. I mean, I can go on and on. Right. I mean, coach Candrea, even, um, you know, his assistants. Right. And, and we just bleed. We, we, we believe, and we bleed the PAC 12, uh, softball conference and, and you can tell. Oh, you can completely tell. And, and just the play and, and the presence on the field, too. You know what I mean? But you're actually the one who pointed out to me, like I had, I real, I didn't realize it. Like I knew it, but I didn't realize that there's with you, you mentioned Kelly I, you mentioned Coach Al, you mentioned Heather Tarr, and then I think there's Coach Hogue at Utah. Like you're all alums of okay, the Coach schools Hogue. that you're at. And that makes a huge difference, too. It's the investment in the pride. I mean, I can put Cal back on my chest and be like, I feel like I'm like still playing. Like, I just feel like it's home. And the investment that we have in our program is, is far greater than, you know, anyone who went to somewhere else and now they're coaching at another spot, you know? And like, it goes deeper than that, especially me living in the Bay Area. I mean, I've worn Cal across my chest since I was, you know, eight years old. You know, I, I believe in this university. I believe in this administration. And, um, you know, I want it to be 
especially softball, you know, the best program out there. I want to leave Cal softball, the University of California, Berkeley, in a better place than I found it. And I'm going to, I've made that promise to them. And I, I want to be that person to, you know, like I said, always coach forward, you know, and be better every day and, and, and put, you know, I want to be in the director's cup top 10. I want to be in the director's cup top five. You know, I want all of us to do good and to, to represent the blue and gold and, um, in the most competitive, um, I'm, in the most competitive way, you know, I, I think, I mean, you look at some of the athletes that have been through Cal, right? It's Marshawn Lynch. It's the Jocelyn Forrest. It's the Ronnie Nelsons. It's the, it's the Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they're, they're a different breed. They're kind of gritty and, and kind of mean and very competitive, you know, like they're just sometimes, you know, that's the kind of athletes that, you know, that we have on our program now. Right. And we want to continue this legacy of, of a different, a, a different, just a, a, a real authentic, whether you're a super competitive or just like a Deisha psyche, but she's not like, she's very competitive, but she's just a little bit more quiet. She's not going to, she's not a Marshawn Lynch that's going to be like, I'm going to run through your face, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's just, um, but those are the kind of athletes that that kind of come through here. I mean, Natalie Coughlin, she was, she was amazing too, and she's they're just kind of different coming here. And and only people that have been through Cal kind of know the kind of athlete that goes to Cal, right? And so right. that's what I'm I'm happy about is I've I've been here, I've worn it, I've lived it, I've went away, I've learned a lot, and I can come back here, and um, you know get those athletes that I think that fit this, this mold and, and get them to the best that they can be with my knowledge that I've gained with, with coach white, with Jackie Joseph, you know, with all these great coaches that um, bless me uh, to, to coach with their programs and learn and, and grow and, and make hopefully, and they knew, they knew Cal was my, my end goal, right. Make Cal better than, you know, than what I, even when I was playing, which was going to be tough, but you know, that's what, yeah, that's just the investment that you have is just a little different. Of course, it's going to be. There's yeah. there's nothing like home, you know. Oh man. But with you, you mentioned it. You always knew that you eventually wanted this, and you built your career around that. So with that being said, it's like you you've already mentioned some things, but you didn't just choose Cal to go there as a student athlete. You have chosen Cal as a lifetime decision. So if you had to summarize like the top three reasons why, what would those be? Mm. I think the top one is they let me be authentically who I am. Um, you know, I, I can be a little too much at times with my energy. I'm very competitive, but they know how to mold me. This administration, especially Jim Knowlton and Gordon uh, Bain, who's my sports supervisor and, and Jenny uh, Simon O'Neill, like, they, I love Cal because I have never felt out of place here. And they let me be as a player. Um, it was kind of, you know, Gordon was here when I was a player and they let me be me, you know, with, you know, trying to funnel me into an area where I can be better. Um, same thing with my, um, my coaching style is um, it's, they let me be authentically who I am. And I, and I, I think that was the number one, um, my number one um, understanding of why I wanted to come back, right? 
two, it's home. My mom and dad live two miles from me. I'm from San Leandro, California. It goes San Leandro, Oakland, Berkeley. Um, and I have so much pride for the Bay Area. I mean, if if you know Bay Area people, you know the pride that the Bay Area people have for this um, beautiful uh, place. It's beautiful. Um, you can be different and it's okay. Honestly, they want you to be different. They don't want you to just fit in um, and be the norm. It's uh, I think that's what's great about Stanford as well and, and Cal is they want you to think differently and they don't want you to just be a machine and push you through and just kind of do things that are in the norm. They, they want you to be different. They, they embrace you. They embrace um, diversity and inclusion and well-being and understand mental health struggles. And they, they, there are open arms and I love that. Um, uh, my mom and dad, uh, I have a, I have a family now and you know, my mom's going to watch the kid today while we go play. And she just loves it. Right. At Texas, it was, that was really hard being so far away. Um, it was a great, great town and experience, but there's nothing like being close to home. Um, and third, uh, thirdly, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just, it feels good. You know, and like, yeah. I just knew like, I, I wanted to come back and I, I've told coach Neinmeyer when I was playing, like, I want to coach here. Like she knows, like, like I always wanted to be a coach. Um, my, uh, my travel ball coach, his name's Hal Bobro. And I don't know if it came from him, but he was a Cal grad. He was a, a rugby player and he's still kicking. He's super proud of me. And he knew that I wanted to play at Cal and I wanted to come back and coach at Cal. Cause it's just, it's somewhere where I want to be. I feel good. Right. And so when you feel good, you, you play good. Right. And uh, you coach good. And if you fit in uh, while fitting out, you know, um, it's just the place I've always wanted to be. I'm a huge believer in just sort of that warm, fuzzy feeling like where it just feels right. Like I think that's what actually players, if you're being recruited to play in college, like that's what you should look for. And you'll know when it happens, right? Like maybe when you step on campus or whatever moment it is, but I'm a huge believer in that. Um, and the authenticity part is huge. You're it's right. Huge. I, I think you, you, you were saying it's kind of like Cal and Stanford's that way. I think that's like a Bay area culture thing too, just like open arms, inclusion, and that just feels good to your point. Like it's, it's just a good feeling to be a part of a community like that, let alone a school or a team. Absolutely. Um, like I can't coach differently than what I am. Right. And, and if you're in a spot where you kind of have to feel that the girls can sniff that out and be like, she's not authentic. You know, she, that coach is being different, a little different than what, what she really is. Although you can't just, you know, run wild, right? Like you can't just be like, I'm coach Spencer and blah, blah, blah. You know, I understand that, you know, you gotta, have, you gotta build confidence in these athletes. It's not about winning softball games. And I preach this to the girls every day. It's about, you know, getting these athletes to a point in their career to graduate. It's like, 
you know, and to let them loose in the world and hopefully that they, they succeed, right? With struggles, right? You're going to have these struggles right. and, you know, relating batting to struggling and relating, you know, hard academics and being able to enjoy the struggle and enjoy these times. Because if you don't know what's bad, you don't know what's good. If you've had good your whole life, that's all you know. But if you, if you, if you know, it's like, oh man, that was hard. And you get to a point in your life where you're like, oh man, this is great. You know, you, you have a little bit of different um, idea of where you are in life uh, when that occurs. And, you know, just getting these student athletes to be better in the classroom and on the field and in the community and, and, and for themselves um, as they get on in their lives and figuring out what they want to do. That's what it's really about. That's when you've made it, when you have that's that when moment. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that, that's resonating with me. But a lot of things you say resonate with me. That's why I had you on the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I've heard you refer to yourself multiple times in the past as a custodian of the program. What does that mean to you? It's not my program. I mean, it is my program because I am alumni, right? So they have that like, like it is my program, but I'm just, I'm the head coach. I'm the custodian of what the past, the present and the future Cal softball is and, and holding these core values that the girls and I came up with um, and, and, and abiding by the team rules and, you know, trying to, you know, get them to understand um, that this program is made up of all of us. And I happen to be a part of it, which is nice, right? I can say it is my program because not because I'm the head coach, but because what we've built it to be. Right. Um, and uh, I feel fortunate to be a part of it. Right. And it, it's, it's all about, and I wish I had this as a player making Cal softball better than when I found it. I, I guess it's just, you get older, you learn new things. And, you know, um, as, as we were a player, I was just super competitive um, and I wanted to win at all costs. But now that I'm older and I've been through other programs and, you know, understand how uh, pretty much to get the best out of not only uh, your coaches, but the athletes around you, um, you know, it's the, the, I am a custodian of this program. I'm just here to keep the team rules that the girls make up. I, I, I'm here to keep accountability. The, the, the values that the girls and, and I have come up with, right? To hold them accountable and say, hey, you know, you came up with this. So it's your job to abide by what you say. It's about your word, right? And if, um, if I can help them, uh, guide them through uh, their career, uh, being uh, better softball players and, and better people, um, that's what custodians do of, of programs, of, of culture. And um, I'm just... I was happy to be a part of it. I'm happy that I could say it is my program because I did, I did, I did go through it. Right. But you're allowing the team now and, and all the teams moving forward as you'll be there to have a hand in actually defining what Cal softball is like you're, it's not just a top down. You're telling them this is how it is. This is what it's going to be. I'm sure there are certain standards that of course you uphold everybody to, but you're allowing them to kind of take that initiative and leadership and that's going to help them in life actually. Absolutely. Um, you know, I believe in, yeah, from the top down, you got to be good, right? You know, you got to walk your walk that you're asking the players to walk, but also bottom up leadership really works the best. Right. Um, and so 
Uh, if you read the book Legacy, you know, freshmen don't sweep the sheds. It's the seniors that are sweeping the sheds, doing the hard work, showing the, showing them how to, um, uh, how to be those uh, instrumental part of the little things, right? Um, you know, I'm never going to tell a student athlete to pick up balls. I'm like, hey, can we all pick up balls together, right? And then, and then my back hurts after like five, you know, so then they can pick <laughs> up the rest, right? No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> no, but it's true. It's like, I don't, I'm not the coach that's like, go do this and go do that. No, no, we all do this together. And, and we learn how to build our program and our culture and, um, you know, leave our legacy. It's not about what can you do for me now, but what do you want to leave on Cal softball on the mark of, um, of this program that we love so much. That's a big part of leadership though. That's actually one of the big things I've learned just since being in the working world is real leaders. Like you said, they, they never ask their team to do things that they're not willing to do too. But it's so important to actually, like you said, walk the walk, like the actual example mm. of doing that. So what you just said about seniors actually doing some of those like not so fun Jobs is really interesting to me because I had this conversation recently about like, I don't know if I like totally love the like forcing freshmen to do all the like bad, you know, like jobs that nobody wants to do and all this stuff because doesn't the game doesn't know how old you are. So why are we treating everybody like that? You know, so that's really interesting. It is. It's coach um, Jack Clark, coach Clark. He's our rugby coach. No, do you know who he is? I think so. Yeah. He's like a 27 time national champion and he's amazing. So my admin, so he does these like coaching education programs and have I told you about this quite yet? No, you haven't. This is the first time. So I had this coaching education um, that he does these, he's worked with Tim Walton. He's worked okay. with like a lot of coaches. So yeah. Um, Jenny Simon O'Neill, our, our senior woman as administrator, came to me and was like, hey, do you want to do this, you know, coaching, coaching, coaching thing with Coach Clark? I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. So Coach Clark gets a hold of me. And it's like this huge curriculum. Like, it's not even just like, hey, let's talk and mentor. You know, it's it's <laughs> like we are going to he's like, give me your top three sources. I'm going to go call them and talk to them about you. And it's like when you give references for an interview, right. You're like, right. You give your, your best ones. Right. And I, but, and it's just like, Hey, how does she do? You know, but this is like digging deeper into like some layers of, you know, maybe not so great competitive Chelsea where she was like super competitive as a coach and she wanted to win. Right. So I was kind of nervous. And, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like, he, he starts with, you know, getting your sources. Then he does a coaching 360 with you. I mean, I spent the second meeting was like a three, two and a half hour meeting with him on a phone. Wow. Right. And, um, my admin invested in me and said, Hey, Chelsea, do you want to do this? And I said, yes. And after, after it was all through, I was like, man, it changed, it, it changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. And he, you know, we went over, you know, he went through my, my, my resources into a 360. We went over core values. We went over um, all kinds of stuff. And within that, um, within that uh, meeting, he talks about leadership, right? And he, you know, I, I asked him about if he has, you know, leaders or captains. And he was like, you know, I mean, 27 time national champion. 
right? And he's like, you know, they obviously they're in a point now where it's like a smooth running machine, well-oiled, right? And he does have um, custodians of the program. He has like a council, right? A player's Mm -hmm. council. Um, And he was like, well, what is leadership? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't ever want to say the wrong thing to him first off. So I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. He's like, leadership is the ability to make those around you better and more productive, better and more productive. And everybody can do it. And obviously he has people that he has to go to, to, to get the tree down, you know, the trick. I mean, he has a lot of people on his team that he needs to go to, to tell them, then they call people or they get people together. And, you know, that's some well-oiled leadership, but, you know, coming into this year, I don't even know these girls. Like I know them. I've played against them as coaches. I kind of know who they are and how competitive they are and what they did in stat categories. Right. But I don't know them. I didn't know them. And so I didn't feel like I could appoint captains or appoint a council because quite frankly, what if I pick the wrong one? Right. And, and sometimes you give a badge to someone and they, they abuse that power. Right. And so I just felt like, shoot, if, if leadership is, you know, the ability to make those around you better and more productive, I think that we all can do that. Right. And be great teammates, be great leaders. And, and, and it was a good choice because right now it's like, we can only, you know, you can't pick and choose what core values you want to live up to if you want to be the leader. Right. Right. And that's going to show throughout this season. Right. So I am, um, you know, I'm writing this book that I call life and this is my first chapter of it. Right. It's like half a chapter too. It's not even like a full chapter. Right. But it, we, <laughs> We have enough information in this book to write a full chapter of what has happened this season, but it's a, it's a, it's a learning process. And I'm so thankful that um, my administration wanted to um, give me that opportunity to work with, I think the best coach in America, if not the world. Right. Um, And, and the way he speaks and the way he has an understanding. I just hope one day that I, one, I live long enough to coach as long as he did, because he's, he's, and he's still, he's still freaking fit and go getter. And you know, and he, I would yeah. remember him like coaching down in rugby when I was playing. He was pretty loud. I'm like, ooh, ooh, they're in trouble, man. They are in trouble, you know. <laughs> and and it's uh, it was great to watch him play when I when I um, when I played. And you can tell that he has a a great concept of what it is to. Um, to coach and to lead and uh god i could talk to him for hours and he can he can he teaches me so much that i'm just so happy that i was a part of that and it, it changed my life completely life-changing you talked about how much of the student there is in student athlete at cal and it seems like even now like you can't escape the studying, right. And the becoming better at your craft. And like, so I know it's like academic when you're a student athlete, but I, it seems like that's kind of a trend right now for you also, like long after you graduated. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the end part of this um, coaching curriculum was to, cause you know, it took all semester cause we went over with the team core values and like PowerPoints of core values. Right. So I, I took everything that I learned for, mm-hmm four months, three months, and had to put it into a presentation to now 
give to the administration. So like, and that was nerve wracking too. I'm not, I'm really good at talking with strangers or like you, Jenna, but when I'm talking to like people that I know, know, right. And I'm like giving them a presentation. I don't know why, but I get some like test anxiety, like with people that <laughs> I want it to be really good. Cause they really know me. Right. So well, you care. Um, yeah, I care. Right. And they care. And so that was, that was tough. I mean, that thing was like two and a half hours that I had to present to my admin. So man, it's like you said, it, and these student athletes think that once they're done with their studies, it's, it's done, but you know how much film we watch, right? It's like, we have so much homework. I'm up till, you know, midnight with a kid. I have to wake up at five 30 cause he wakes up early. I can't understand why. Okay. I can't understand <laughs> why he can't sleep till six, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Nobody's counting. Right. But <laughs> you know, it's, it doesn't stop. If you want to be successful, what's his name? Uh, the Apple guy, Steve Jobs, says some of his best um, work came at 2.30 in the morning when he was sleeping. You're, you're just constantly thinking. And yeah. if you want to be the best you can, it's, it doesn't stop. It doesn't. Like I said, Chelsea is the golden bear that I've clicked with the most for a reason. Even if we have our rivalry moments, that's going to happen. But she just has great insight and she just gets you excited. Kind of makes you want to run through a brick wall. And that's what real leaders do. They inspire you. And I can't wait to see what she's going to do with her program. I'm sure she's chomping at the bit watching the World Series right now. But keep an eye on them. I'm telling you, keep an eye on the Golden Bears. And with that said, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about chipping away. It is really easy to get impatient when we're working towards our goals. To chip away at them just means to make a little progress at a time over time. If you focus on chipping away each day after a while, you'll look back and you'll be amazed at the amount of progress that you've actually made. But it does take time. I saw a quote on social media the other day that said something about how a lot of people want the outcome, but not a lot of people want to deal with the process to get to that outcome. And it's so true. That is the difference between wanting something and actually getting it. You can't magically accomplish something all at once. You make it happen by doing the next right thing. JMU didn't magically make it to the Women's College World Series this year. They've been knocking at this door for a while now. Think about the history. The program started back in 2002. They went 5-9 and nine in conference their first couple of seasons, and they were 19-31 and 31 overall in 2003 for context. Fast forward to 2021, they're 39-2 and two right now, going into the World Series. Only one loss in conference play, and they're CAA champions. Now, in that 19-year span, they've been chipping away. They built their way up the college standings, the conference standings. They went to their first regional in their eighth season in 2009. Then they did back-to-back second place in the CAA in 2012-2013, three regionals in a row, then their first Super Regionals in 2016, another one in 2019, and now at this point, eight seasons straight of making it to the tournament. And now, of course, OKC. So we're talking about almost 20 years that this program has been in existence, and a ton of the progress has really been in the last 10. But they chipped away at every workout, practice, game, and even program building things like recruiting. I mean, hey, gets you some talent like Odyssey Alexander, you're chipping away in all of those aspects too. And Coach Spencer, 
She's talked about getting 1% better each day. This was her first season at Cal, and one of the weirdest years that we've ever seen. Her sights are set on getting back to the World Series, and she, her staff, and the players are going to do that by chipping away. She's been there. She gets it. Not only is this a feasible and effective way to help you get where you want to go, it also helps keep you sane along the way. So that's it. Chip away. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. Watch the videos on YouTube, too, on the Believe in Softball channel. Hit that subscribe button, rate the show, write a review, share it with your friends. Of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, B-L-E-A-V. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBecerra01 and Instagram at JennaBecerra as well. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and catch us soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.